Me too. Oh my god, I just made a whole bunch of other noise. Ugh, ugh, ugh. All right, let's go. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time Stories. Welcome to episode 41, listeners. 41. That is exciting as 40. 40. Or 50. We made it past 40. We gotta make a plan for 50. Our plan for 50 is you guys give us money. Yeah, let's, yeah, we wanna. Just give us your money. Try and launch a Patreon. You like us how many dollars worth? A month. Every month. Every month. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, our SoundCloud is $14 a month. So that's really what we're going for. We're really, yeah, that's what we're and trying we to really want to cut See, even. I was going to say we're, our goal is 15 because then we're turning a profit. It's true. Hold 50 cents a piece. <laughs> <laughs> so, Don't spend it all in one place. Mm, so uh, I, hopefully people will be more into forgetting that they uh, give us Signed $2 up. every month than they are into emailing us because that doesn't. <laughs> She's laughing because I made a face because I need some fucking emails. Validate I have gotten us. some. We've gotten some. Zach, thank you Zach, so much you. for all your emails. We're going to talk about a couple emails. We are. We are. But first I want to say Phil did not send an email and I'm putting Phil on blast right now because he knew yeah, what Phil, was going to happen. what a little asshole. He's not Philip. He's Phil. See, no, I'm like, he's Philip now. No, I, he's I, Lilip. Because I like to show what a better person I am. I'm not. But I'm like, I'll call you Philip. That's what you want to be called because I listen and care about your feelings. I don't because I'm what not related to you. a better sibling I am. <laughs> I'm not related, and you didn't send a fucking email. Yeah, he gave me all this shit, which Gummery rightfully so. She's emailed us. Like, we're getting to it. We're we're working on it today. And then somebody else who, I swear I sent them a sticker, but like they said they didn't have one. And then Val, I was going to literally just hand a sticker to, and Val was like, no, like, I want one. And so I, I was like, give me that fucking sticker bag. You want a card? Fine. Give me the sticker bag. You'll get a sticker of the fucking card. Yeah, I was like, I'm, we don't just have stickers coming out our butt, you guys. We have to pay for them and order them. Like, right? So, like, again, trying to, we still wouldn't be turning a profit. We'd be, over time, we might make that sticker money back, that hot sticker money. We want business cards. We want to, like, make this be a thing. Honestly, for our Patreon, we Aren't have we a few nice? plans. Listen to us. Listen to our kind voices. Um, I no. talk about the people I love. Don't you want to give me money? Yeah, Phil. Um, no, we've we've come up with a few ideas for what we want to do for our Patreon subscribers, and that will be coming with episode 50, so please keep listening. But for our Patreon subscribers, we will be giving you guys goodies. Yeah. We absolutely... And it won't just be an empty box. Like, we will be giving you guys goodies. Oh, oh my gosh. Shh, don't say anything. So excited. Don't say anything. Don't say, so speaking of emails, yes, we're going to jump into a few emails real fast because some of you did email us and I do really want to thank you for that because it really does help validate my self-worth. And uh, yeah, thanks, Zach. Um, but the first one has to come from Val because Val did what we asked slightly for people to do, but also said jokingly. And uh, so, hey, that's how Ghost Dick started. That's true. That's true. Uh, but Val... Val, huge shout out. Val counted the number of times that we said abortion, abortion. or abort, 
they also made sure to say that um, anytime you said abort or abortion. So are you ready for the for the tally? Yes. All right. I wish I had a drum roll. Our you total. ASMR drum roll. There you go. Our total came out to seventy-one times. Blah, 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 blah. Seventy-one abortions. Seventy-one abort. abort, abort. abort. Um, that was a good guess. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Did we just find our new theme music? Maybe. Up, 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 abort. Um, I'm so sorry. That's what I did. Yeah, I was like, up, 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 abort. Yeah, it's catchy. Wait, it's it's catchy. Um, so here's what I'm really proud of. Sarah comes in at 37 times saying the word abort or abortion, and Stephanie comes in at a close 34. Yeah, I won. You did. I said abortion the most times. And honestly, in my 27 years on this earth, that's really what I was, I feel like I can die now. I can abort myself. And then the other email I have is from your wonderful sister, Gail Marie. Sure Sent is. us an email. So Gail Marie said that she sent it to me. She said, I just thought that you, Sarah, would find it amusing that after at least four years, I finally decided to change Stephanie's ringtone on my phone. Why? Because I paid Apple a dollar and thirty cents to change it to the Unsolved Mysteries theme song. <laughs> the real mystery Abortion. that's unsolved is why she paid for a ringtone in two thousand nineteen. That's that's the real unsolved mystery. That's what I'm talking about today on Dead Time Stories. A true crime. Gail Marie paid money for a ringtone in 2019. Gail Marie was robbed of a dollar and thirty cents when she could have recorded it as a voice memo. One and just American said it dollar and thirty nine American, American cents. cents. Thirty cents. 30 even cents. thirty. Still. Yeah. That nine cents is still in her pocket. <laughs> Um, she also said, I told you first so I could hear both of y'all react to this. Coming for it with a bullet, Gail Marie. So I guess she's getting real physical with her coming for the number one spot. Oh Christina, God. lower your blinds, turn your lights off. Oh, Gail I, Marie's I didn't coming. I know she was coming for Gail Marie, uh, for Christina. I, I thought with a bullet, is. I with a bullet, I was assuming she was gonna like you know president of Selena fan club it. Like, oh my god! Like I thought she was gonna be like, I'm your number one fan. Live in action on Dead Time Stories at 4.54 p.m. on a Sunday, Phil Kernison emailed us. <laughs> bear, 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 bear. I was looking at my email and I saw it pop up with a new one and I was Stop. scrolled down. So I was like, Who, was it Twitter notification? It's Phil. And it says, sticker please, exclamation point, exclamation point. Is please with a Z. He sent, oh, he did leave us a, a review. So he sent yeah. us the review. He didn't even leave a cute message with it, though. It was just like, I listened to the show and I like it. It said, sticker please, here's a screenshot of my review. Here's my here's my address. Respectfully, Philippe Kernison. I told you that my brother, I thought you knew that. I'm rolling my eyes so hard. Yes. I wish you guys could my hear My brother's it. name is, he. It's that's the thing. That's why it makes me laugh. I'm like, his name isn't even Philip. It's Philippe. Because our... But you know what fucking popped up as his name on my email? If Phil I'm just, Kernison. Phil. It sure Phil. as shit does. We'll send you your stupid sticker, Phil, but I just want you to know I'm not calling you Philippe. He doesn't want you to call him Philippe. He wants you to call him Philip. I'm not going to do that either. Um, him and my dad are both Louis Philippe because my dad is, you know, Haitian and my grandma's French. Like, we have, you know, it's, it's all their French people. 
So they speak French. So my brother's name is the same as my dad's name. So Philippe is his middle name. It's not even his first name. His name is Phil Philippe Kernison. It's, Lu- <laughs> it's Louis <laughs> Philippe. His Phil- name is Phil Philip. Philip Philippe Kernison. There was a... <laughs> There was a thing with my boss where we were talking about Fred Durst, and I looked up his name to see, like, I I was like, Fred's what, short for Frederick? Is his name Frederick Durst? And then I looked it up, and his name is William Frederick Durst, and I went, oh, his middle name is Frederick. And then my boss goes, his name is Frederick Frederick Durst. Right? His name is Fred Frederick Durst. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I think those are uh, like George Foreman's sons that are all named George Foreman. George, he, didn't he also name his daughter George or Georgina? Maybe I thought so. But his daughter, I feel like he has more Email than one daughter that has different that. names. But his sons are all named George Foreman. Georgina, Georgia, Georgette, Georgette Jetson. I think that's. Oh, hold on, we got another email um, just now. No. Oh, okay. Nothing's as exciting as that one from Phil that happened literally live on air. There you go, Phil. There's your 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> he knew he was being an asshole. He knew. He also... That's why I don't feel we bad were just about on calling the phone him out right now. Him. And then he was like, you going to talk about this on the podcast? Are you going to go record right now? When I... We're okay. spending too much time on him. No, I was just going to say, when I was younger, I drew these comics of my family, right? And when I would show it to them, like... Phil ate that shit up. Like, even though in the comic he was a little jerk. Like, all my family was, like, little jerks in the comic. And all of them looked at the comic in the comic and were like, I'm not even like this. Oh, my God. And Phil was like, that's really funny. Are you going to do more of me? And then when I did a second issue, Phil was, like, the narrator, but he was a little butthole. And Phil was like, I love this. He's still a butthole. <laughs> we got another really supportive. You, butthole. <sighs> You're fine, butthole. I'm talking to my own butthole. A similar joke also happened at work. <laughs> talking about your own, talking where, to your own butthole? Where I was talking about the cat, and I was like, the, my cat is an asshole, but I love him. And I say that to him. I go, you're you're a little asshole, but you're cute, and I love you. And my boss goes, that's what I say to my asshole. <laughs> you're a little asshole, but you're cute, and I love you. Well, as long as you have a love-love relationship with your butthole. We got a really nice uh, email from our lady friends over at Chaos and Carnage. We haven't oh, had their yay. promo. Yeah, we haven't had their promo on in a while, but we still love them and they're still super sweet and they've been keeping up with episodes. Yeah, I was like, we haven't done promos in a yeah, while. Yeah, so I mean, hook you up guys, with some people. If y'all you, got a podcast, you yeah. want to hook up with us. And if you have a ghost story, send us an email. If you have a podcast, you want to do promos, send us an email. If you are sitting on the toilet talking to your asshole, send us an email. Send us an email. Just send us an email. You got a ghost stick? Send us an email. Send us an email. <clears throat> bam, 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 bam. So, um, you got a Lady Gaga dick? Please. Get it together. Send Tonight us an email. is the Oscars, and I don't want you to be shallow. I want you to show us your dick. <laughs> oh. You showed us your dick. Please respond. <laughs> I'm off the deep end. Show me that dick, please. I'll never meet the shaft. No, it went weird. All right. Stephanie. Yeah. Y'all, Y'all ready, ready to talk about, about some ghosts? All right. So, Stephanie, what are you talking about this week? So... Kind of inspired by you doing a little two-parter. I'm kind of doing a two-parter. So the two stories that I'm going to be talking about are related. 
uh, in that, like, who's covered them in the past, but not in that they're about the same thing. So I've been obsessed with true crime recently, like, all about true crime. And, you know, I love the true crime Netflix documentaries. My newest fascination has been true crime podcasts. And I listened to Serial, like, a while back, and, like, that was good. Like, the first season, I hadn't listened to any of the rest of it, although recently I started listening to season two, or I finished season two, and then I started listening to season three. Binging, binging, binging. Yeah. Um, But if y'all are into the true crime podcast scene, or you're not, and you want to hear about some stuff, mind you, I'm going to sum up these stories in, like, a half hour, but there are whole podcasts with, like, multiple episode arcs, like, devoted to these stories that you should totally check out. So I'm going to give you, like, a little, like, taste. All right. All um, right. All right. All right. And they're really good, and I'm so excited. All right. So. Hit us. What's cool. the first one? So the, um, they're from Wondery, is who makes them. And the first one I'm going to be talking about is Dirty John. Are you familiar with Dirty John? Is that the show that they just made? So they made the show after the popularity of the podcast. Okay. And it's, it's about a dude who's an asshole. He's more than just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's a huge asshole. He's an asshole with two legs, two arms, two eyes, one yeah. nose, one mouth. And one big old asshole. And one big old asshole. Um, yeah, so they, they did make a show about it on Bravo. It was like a limited series run with Connie Brighton, who I love, and Eric Bana, Eric Bana who was yeah. there. The Hulk. Why was the Hulk there? Um, he really needs work, you guys. Uh, he's not bad but like i I didn't see that version of the hulk i saw troy he was in troy which i liked i liked he died horribly he got like drug around by a horse or some shit it was bad troy was interesting so from uh so from wondery the first one i'm talking about is dirty john so his name was john meehan and uh this podcast was released like just over a couple days from october 2nd to october 8th 2017 um, and it focuses on the life and the exploits of a man named John Meehan, who was like a con artist. Okay. Mm. And on his way to probably be a murderer. <laughs> he was a murderer in the making. Yeah. Not making a murderer, but a murderer in, in the, the making. making. Oh, yeah, girl. So uh, the story was first investigated by, uh, and then the person who made the podcast was a guy named Christopher Gofford, who's a journalist for the LA Times. Uh, and they helped produce the the podcast. Uh, it primarily follows his relationship with businesswoman Deborah Newell, and they met on a dating site for like people over fifty, uh, and kind of like what he did. What to... was it called? Oh, I I didn't get the name. Oh, of it. I was really hoping it was going to be something like pretty witty, like you know, like Plenty of Fish or Jew Date or whatever. J Date. Oh my God. <laughs> Or like farmers only, maybe it was like fifties only. Yeah, maybe it was just like you know, 50, fifty flirting and thriving. ChristianMilfs dot com. Because <laughs> her them being Christian was like a big deal. Him being oh, a Christian then they probably was met on plenty of her. fish. <laughs> so they met on plenty of fish. So they met on maturechristians dot com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they met on Craigslist. So the people that you're going to want to remember are going to be John Meehan, which is your titular character in this story who um, 
He's the the dirty John that we're going to talk about. Deborah Newell. Uh, so that's Deborah. That's the woman that like most of the story follows, and she's like a businesswoman. She's an interior designer, and her again, her being Christian is like that's a big deal to her. She wants to find like a good Christian man uh, to get remarried. She has two daughters, Jacqueline and Tara. Jacqueline is the older one. Tara is the younger one, and um. She has a really close relationship with her nephew, Shad, which I know his name is Shad. Is it spelled like Chad? Or but with it's... an S. Oh, no. Yes, his name is Shad. What is that short for? Shadrach? <laughs> Shadrach. She's Christian. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know that story, right? They got put into the fire and they didn't burn? No. You know that story? No. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's I'm a heathen. I didn't yeah, go to it was church. Like it's it's uh, they Veggie Tales made a whole episode about it where they had tales. to. Oh god, Veggie Tales is so great. Um. Anyway, this is a story about you know three Jewish guys were working for someone who said you were they to... on Jew date? No. <laughs> god, all of our Jewish listeners are going away. Um, anyways, they were told to bow down to a pagan god, and they said no. And so uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the king at the time, said, all right, cool, put him in the furnace. I'm going to burn him to death. And they were like, whatever, god's on our side, deuces, and went into the furnace, and they didn't burn. And apparently the guards looked in and saw a fourth man with them. But that's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So maybe... Shad is short for Shadrach. It's better than Shad is short for Shat. (laughs) Shad. It's the same number of letters. I'm trying to think of who, if it was you or I think it was like me, you and Sawyer, maybe Peter. I don't know. And we were all talking and somebody was like, why does everything in the Bible happen to the Jews? And the rest of us were like, because they're the chosen people. Like, people are shitty to them because they're God's chosen people. It's kind of the major storyline. I was like, right. I was like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> they're the chosen people. That's why. They're the fucking people, stars of the show. People don't. People are shitty to them because they're God's favorite people. <laughs> that explains it. People are. Yeah. All right. Talk to us about Shad. So... Shad, okay, so Shad is her nephew, okay? And when Shad was a kid... He went into a furnace and didn't burn? No. (laughs) (laughs) His dad killed his mom. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. His mom's name was Cindy. Did he kill her in a furnace? And that was... No, he shot her, let me tell it. (laughs) He shot Shad's mom? Shad didn't. Shad's dad shot Shad's yeah, mom. He shot Shad's mom. He shot he Shad's shot mom Shad's by the mom she by shed. The <laughs> <laughs> We're done. We're done. <laughs> oh man, this is terrible. So yeah, so Shad's mom was Cindy, and that was Deborah's sister. Okay, so in the eighties, when Shad was a kid, his dad uh, and his mom they were. Probably it, like working out a divorce, and his dad walked up to his mom at the table and shot her like in the oh spine. my god! And I think he shot himself too, but he didn't die. Of course not. And he went to prison. Good. Um, and we'll get back to that in a little bit. Okay, but so Shad is obviously really close with Deborah. That's his aunt because I think she took him in. He was maybe like thirteen when that happened, mm. and so was she he took there? him in. 
I think he was in, I don't, he didn't see it, but I feel like he might have been in bed or something at the time. Like, I don't think he was there. I don't know. But so, so that happened. So that's kind of like a thing that is in Deborah's past, right? As her Mm -hmm. sister was murdered by her husband. So, um, Shad is like really protective of Deborah because that's like his second mom. Okay. So Deborah Newell is an interior designer from Southern California. She meets John Meehan on a 50-plus dating site. His profile looks exciting. He's an anesthesiologist. He's divorced. He's a Christian. She falls uh, she falls in love fast, but her children dislike him and warn her that his stories don't add up. So, yeah, he's just kind of weird and gives everybody strange vibes and tries to, like, show off in weird ways uh, that makes everybody, like, really uncomfortable. And at one point, like, um, her older daughter, Jacqueline, uh, a lot of them were like, we don't want to see him. Like, please, like, we don't want you to bring him around. Like, she said she was bringing him to Christmas. And Jacqueline was like, I don't want him, like, around the kids. Like, if he's going to come, just tell him, like, not to, like, hang out with the kids. Because, like, I don't want him to have any influence on them or anything. (laughs) Like, I don't trust him at all. Right. Like, they were all like, we don't like him. And then they said that, like, she took him to Christmas, and the first thing he did was go and, like, sit with the kids. And he was like, what's up, kids? Right, yeah. And she was, like, so angry, right? So um, Tara is the younger of the two daughters, and she's, like, really quiet and really keeps to herself and doesn't, like, argue a lot and isn't really combative at all. Like, is very, like, complacent. But even she is, like, like, Mom, I really don't like him. Like, there's something about him. I don't trust him. Like, I don't want him around. So at one point, the two of them, uh, so Deborah is like madly in love with him though. And she's like, no, like she just sees something that they don't see or what? Like she's smitten with him. She's absolutely crazy about him. And at one point they go away to Vegas together. And while they're there, he's like, why don't we get married? Wouldn't it be funny if? Right. And she was like, all right. So they eloped while they were in Vegas and they kept it a secret for a while. Oh no. Yeah. So by the way, of course she, so she had a lot of money, but it was all hers. Like she earned it in her business. Right. Exactly. And he was like a modest anesthesiologist. They still make a lot of money. Anesthesiologists make a lot of money. I used to babysit for a guy's kids who was a pediatric anesthesiologist. And My they godfather well. was a pediatric anesthesiologist. He could pay to have me there when he was there to watch his kids so he didn't have to. I, I just, think he was doing quite well. I'm just like, it's just a mouthful. Pediatric anesthesiologist. Right. So, um, so right. So he should theoretically make good money, but he you know, lives with her and he doesn't work very much or whatever. Um, and there's a lot going on there. So while they're living together at one point, um, there was an intruder in their house. They came home and there was like a woman just sitting in their house, like eating their food. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. What? They came home one time. I Deborah know. I John. heard you, but I'm like, I need an explanation right. for why. They came home. Uh, no one knows why. Who is she? Just random. So he said he didn't know who she was, but Deborah got the feeling that he did. But there, I, nothing really came of that. Like they don't, I don't know who she was. But there was an intruder there. Okay, and he was like, like you need to get out of here. Like, what, like just the way he acted. She was like, do you, do you know her? And he was like, no, I have no idea who that woman was. Right. And Deborah was like, mm. 
Um, so after that happened, John was like, we really need to like up the security here. Like we need to put cameras everywhere. Like I don't trust. And mind you, she's well off. They're in a nice neighborhood. They're not anywhere where like people break into your home. Um, but there was this woman just sitting on their couch. And so he was like, we need to like do something about this. So they get like security, they get like security cameras everywhere. Um, and she starts to wonder, Deborah starts to wonder if they're like for her, like if it's really a way for him to keep an eye on her. But conversely, like she tries, she starts using the, the security cameras to see what he's doing and stuff during the day. And then Jacqueline, the oldest of the two daughters put trackers on his car to see where he was going to like when he was going to work. And she said that he would just drive like around. He would just like go and he would drive to like clinics and stuff, but would just like drive from like clinic to clinic to clinic, like not really long enough to like be working, like doing a procedure, like just driving around from different clinics, to different clinics and um, said that his like scrubs were yucky and like he wore the same scrubs a lot, which yeah, like isn't, you're not really, you don't really wear scrubs, like, around. Like, you wear scrubs when you're, like, operating, but you're, you need them to be sterile. Like, you don't really, like, wear them, like, out and about and then into work, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, she was like, that's really weird. His shoes were really, like, shitty and old. Um, you would have given him shit about it. You would have been like, you put a whole outfit together. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. You put that whole, you put both those scrubs on, you plan that out, and then you pick these shitty shoes. So, like, weird shit like that, right? And Deborah is, like, she's starting to get suspicious, but she's continuously just, like, I love him, I love him, like, oh my gosh, I love him, like, I can't, like, right? To the point where her family is, like, he's, people in her family are saying, like, he's threatened me and told me not to talk to you, right? And she's, like just she's like not talking to them and she doesn't know that because they're not talking to her and she's like not talking to them because she's with this man that she knows they all disapprove of but he's also like warning them like she's not your mom anymore like don't try and contact her she wants nothing to do with you like saying shit like that to like her family members yeah god uh yeah so finally shad is like i'm super suspicious and i'm gonna look into this dude's fucking background okay and Shad finds out that he uh, has been in prison, which he never told her about, and is looking into, like, different addresses that he had. And the last address that he had before moving in with her was a prison. <laughs> like, he had just gotten out of prison for, like, all sorts of, like, little, like, frauds and, like, petty crimes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. <laughs> Um, so Deborah is finally starting to realize, like, he's not necessarily the person that, that he thought she was. And she finds, um, paperwork in his home office that is for different, like, with, like, different names and, right, like, John Meehan, Jonathan Meehan, like, an old, like, he used to be married, old divorce paperwork, all sorts of stuff like that. So she's trying to figure out, like, who the fuck is this dude that I marry? And she comes in contact with his family. So he has some sisters and an ex-wife. And she contacts them and all of them are like, he's dangerous. Like, he's terrible. Like, don't. (laughs) Like, girl, get away. Don't marry him. Oops. Oops. Right. She's already married to him. Oh, no. So 
So they're already married, right? That's already going on. And she finds uh, one of the people she talks to is like his old roommate. Um, and he told her that he had this nickname, Dirty John. People used to always call him Dirty John because he was like a little grifter. Like he liked to run little small cons on women. And like he loved, he was like a ladies' man and could charm any woman. And get, like, what he wanted out of him and then just move on. And they called him Dirty John. And she was like, what's this about, like, dirty? Like, Excuse me, what? She had seen his um, wedding videos from, like, his old marriage. Uh, and that was the thing was, like, the, a lot of the girls were like, Dirty John. Blah. And she's like, what's that about? And he's like, oh, nothing. it's, like, nothing like that. It's, like, nothing. It's just an old nickname. It was stupid. It didn't mean anything. And she's like, yeah, what's that about? Like, there, <laughs> what did that nickname mean? And he, like, wouldn't. He just kept, like, saying, oh, like, it was no big deal. Like, it was nothing. It didn't mean anything, right? Fucking this fucking dude. So, uh, so she goes to, like, a lawyer, and she's trying to figure out what to do, and they convince her to sign, which I didn't know this existed, a post-nup, which is, like, a prenup, but it's, you do it after you get married. (laughs) So she brings him to the lawyer to try and convince him to do this, and the lawyer as, like, from his body language, like, he didn't argue, he didn't fight, like, he didn't put up, like, say anything, but just from his, like, body language, like, everything about this man, he was, like, just made me feel like this woman is in danger. (laughs) Oh, my god! Like, we're talking about money and, like, how to, like, protect her money and keep her money from him, and I can see all he's thinking about is, like, how to get that money. And, like, oh my God. He's like, I could just see it. And, like, in everything about him was like, he was, he had such a rage inside of him. And he was like, and he didn't say anything. He didn't fight. He didn't argue or anything. But just like the way he, like, was, like, in his chair, like, he was slouching and just, like, just had this, like, burning, like, seething inside of him that was, like, visible. And I was like, wow. And he was like, this woman, like, she might die. Like, she needs to be... He's going to murder her. He's going to murder her. Like, she needs to be, like, afraid for her life right now. So, um, in the meanwhile, I'm trying to think of... Something happened to his back. So I think he had... He said he had MS, but I don't know if he really did. But he also had, like, all sorts of back problems, and he was hospitalized for his back, right? So she was doing all this research, like, while he was in the hospital for his back. She was contact. She was like going through paperwork at home. She was like trying to find all these people and like talk to, uh, like his family members, all those people, Mm -hmm. like while he was bedridden. And he like was trying to like beg her, like take him back where he's like, I'm sorry. Like I've lied to you and I've hurt you. Like I never wanted to hurt you. Like you mean so much to me. Like, please, you're the only person I've, you know, I've ever felt this way. I love you so much. Like, please take me back. Like it was a whole thing. So as he's starting to get better and she's had these conversations with, like, people from his past who say, like, he's dangerous, like, you should be afraid of him. And the lawyer who's like, girl, like, he's gonna kill you for that money. Like, please, go, like, do something. Deborah goes into hiding. So she starts staying in hotels. Okay, so she does. She does. She finally them. takes their advice. She starts staying in hotels. She's fucking wearing a wig. Um, and she's trying to, like, deal with, like, getting this divorce, but, like, not see him, right? So at the same time, understanding why she kept taking him back and, like, listening to him and, like, forgiving him, you need to hear a little bit more about what happened with Cindy. So her sister Cindy, right, who was killed by her husband Bill, her, their mother, Cindy and Deborah's mother, like, they're, they're raised all super Christian, right? Right. 
when the police came to her to tell her that Cindy died, which we've talked about this before, the police came and they were like, we need to tell you, like, Cindy is dead. And she was like, oh, my God, what happened? And they're like, Bill shot her and then he shot himself. And she said that she, like, she was like, can I have a few minutes to pray? And they were like, okay. And she took a few minutes and she sat down and she prayed and she was like, God, I need your help. I need to get through this. Like, this is terrible. What do I do? And after like a few minutes of that, like she felt at peace and she was like, okay, like I hope Bill's okay. Oh my God. And when Bill went to trial, she spoke in defense of him that she didn't want him, that she forgave him and that she didn't want him to go to jail and for Shad to lose both of his parents. Yeah. He, uh. Yeah. And she said that he, she had spoken to him and he had apologized and apologized and that she forgave him. So there's already this culture in Deborah's family of like forgiving unspeakable, horrible things. Yep. So that kind of explains a lot of how she was able to like listen to him and forgive him and like let him back into her life, even though she was like scared of him. So John uh, gets a lawyer and starts um, coming up with all these different lawsuits against different people that are his like enemies. Right. Mm -hmm. That's also how he like gets money. (laughs) And he's trying to, like, prove to Deborah that he's been the victim in all of these cases where people say that he's done something horrible. He's really the one who's been wronged. Of course, because he's a middle-aged white man. Yep. So um, the lawyer, you know, believes uh, Deborah's life is in danger. And uh, as her painful isolation from her family deepens, Deborah secretly plans her escape from the marriage. Deborah's daughters, Jacqueline and Tara. So, um, okay. So after she's been like trying to get away from him, um, and they haven't seen him for a while, right? He's out of the hospital. Um, he's not at the house. Like they haven't seen him around. So Jacqueline, which is the older of the two daughters, one night says that she like came home. She was with some friends. Like she came home to her apartment complex and she saw someone sitting in a car watching her And she swore to God it was John. And, like, she went to go confront him, but the car started and he drove away. And she was like, I swear to God it was John. And he was here and he was watching me. And she warned her younger sister, Tara. And she was like, Tara, like, I'm going to put this down because we're getting towards the end of the story. (laughs) So, So she warns Tara. So she's like, Tara, I saw him in this car. She, Tara, you in danger, girl. girl. Just be on the lookout. Like, I know you have a pocket knife. Carry it with you because I've seen him. I swear to God, he's like around, right? And Tara's like, okay, like, I hear you. Like, I'll be on the lookout. But she's really, all she's thinking about lately is she's going to this concert. I can't even remember who it was, Brad Paisley or someone. It was like country. Of course. So this is all like, you know, she's trying to look out for the the car that her sister told her now i want to say her she told her it was like a toyota corolla right like something like that but it wasn't a toyota corolla it was like a honda it was like a car that looked very similar but basically she was on the lookout for the wrong car oh no yes she's out walking her dog one day uh and she is in a parking deck like near her apartment building 
and she sees John and John has a knife and John comes at Tara and she said she felt that he had like punched her and then she realized she was being stabbed. So he had stabbed her like I think two or three times and there was like a scuffle and she was fighting and she was fighting and she was kicking at him and kicking at him and the knife got dropped and then they fought and she got the knife and she stabbed him like three times in the back, like between the shoulder blades, between the shoulder blades and he turned around and she stabbed him through the left eyeball into his brain. Yeah! And killed him. Good girl. And, yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so everyone was, like, blown away for many reasons. One, because they're like, Tara was the one who was, like, really quiet, really meek. Like, Yeah, but she just got stabbed three times. Yeah. Girls gotta do what a girl's gotta do. And do you know what she credited it to? To watching The Walking Dead. <sighs> She said, "That's a girl right after I because I'm like that's exactly what I'm like. Oh, she just killed him like she killed a zombie. She that's ca- how you get. She him. called it her zombie kill. That's a zombie kill. Yeah, through because the eye or through the ear, you're gonna get the brain." She said that she watched a lot of The Walking Dead. I love her. She's my new hero. And What's that, her last name? Can I follow her on um, Instagram and Twitter? Newell N E W A L L. Writing Tara is T E R is T E R R A. Tara Newell. I'm really proud of her, and I want her to be my new friend. Tara, can you listen to this? I'm so proud of you. Are you still watching Walking Dead? I'm not. So she, but yeah, she said that she watched a lot of Walking Dead and thought about how to protect herself, not from another person, but But from from a a zombie. And she knew, like, to use her legs to kick, to do a lot of kicking, and to fucking take the knife and ram it right into his fucking brain. Brain. You got to knock him out with the brain. I already love her so much. I know. She's she's, she's incredible. She's awesome. She's great. So That's so great. So that's what happened. I mean, is she okay? She's okay. She's okay. She scarred. did get stabbed, right? And there's some internal bleeding, but she did the damn thing and she <laughs> And he's not coming back. He's not coming back. Well, and here's the other thing. So, somebody called 911 because somebody saw the thi- the fight happening, right? 911 comes, they take them both away. 911, they were able to resuscitate him. They brought him back. But <laughs> he was only alive for like maybe like a couple days, like 3 days. But she was like why would you bring him back? Right? Like a fucking a horror movie like Freddy or Jason. Him. Like, right. Like, like fucking Mike Myers shit. Like, why would you bring him back? And she was l- actually terrified that he was going to, like, come back for her again and come finish of the course. job. Of course. Even, and he was, like, brain dead. And she was like, he's He'll alive. find a way. Right. He'll fucking find and a way. And all of them, and a lot of uh, the people in the family were like that, where they were just like, you don't know him. Like, he will find a way. He will get to you. He is that person. He's terrifying. And that's what happened to John Meehan. He's terrifying, but Tara finally ended him. She sure ass did. She sure ass Damn. did. So... She fucking... And that's the story of Dirty John. That should be the story of Tara. It is. Oh, it's Get like it, Tara she, she's she the came hero. back at the end, but she's the real hero of this story. Yeah. Damn. I wonder if she goes to Comic-Cons. <laughs> Has she had a walk-on spot on The Walking Dead yet? She because should. she should have. She sure should. She should have had a spot where she got to stab a walker in the eye. 
So. You guys are still doing that. Uh, so can you guys get on it? Walking Dead? Not much else is happening with your show right now. So Get it, Queen. I have a lot of feelings. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the end. The end. He died. The end. He died. He did. Oof. All right. Well, I'm going to follow that up with some lighthearted ghost stuff. Get it, bitch. Them Disney ass ghosts. Lighten that up a bit. Yeah. So, blah, 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 blah. Part two of the unhappy stories from the happiest place on earth featuring the ghost this time. Um, so, half of this is going to be on my handwritten notes and then half of it's going to be on my tablet because guess what? I got some videos. Ooh. I got some fucking video. I got two to be Pacific. I hate you. All right, so first off, since we're talking about Disney, we are going to talk about the ghost of Mr. Walt Disney himself, because, of course, he's not left, Um, and he is known to be one of the ghosts at Disneyland, and when they were building Disneyland, they started building, and they opened the doors a year later. Like, they cranked it out in a year. Didn't he have, like, an apartment? He had an apartment. He had two apartments, Um, but the first one was his main one, and it was above the firehouse on Main Street Square in Disneyland. And if you go there today, there is a lamp in the front window that is always on and it's never turned off. And that's in tribute to Walt Disney. However, that was not always the case. And they used to go and turn that lamp off every night when they would turn everything off until one night, one of the cast members, because they don't call their employees, uh, employees or workers, they're all cast Cast members. members. Uh, One of the cast members went to go turn the light off and they left. And then when they turned around to look back, the light was back on. So they're like, ugh, all right, whatever. Went upstairs, turned it off again, left, turned around. That shit was back on again. So they went upstairs a third time, and they unplugged the light, and they went downstairs, turned around, and that shit was back on. So they went upstairs for a fourth time to go check what was going on, and when they went to plug it in and turn it on and off, they heard a voice say, I'm still here. And then footsteps. And then footsteps. So they heard Walt Disney say, I'm still here. And ever since then, the light has been left on for him because apparently he wants that light on. Have they ever had to change the light bulb? I'm sure they do have to change the light bulb. Yeah. But it apparently will turn on even if it's not plugged in. So he wants that light on. Walt uh, He was also cryogenically frozen. We don't care what anyone says. So just his ever... head. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so Disney still haunts uh, Disneyland in his apartment, and that's his story. Um, My next story about a ghost, I told you that some of our stories from last week were going to bleed over into this week, and one of them is our story of Miss Dolly, who died on the Matterhorn. Remember her? She was out for a girl's night. She fell out of the car. She got hit by another car. She died on site, and her girlfriends didn't know she was gone until they finished the ride. Really sad stuff. Apparently, she has never left the Matterhorn. And at night, cast members have to do a walkthrough of the entire tracks of the ride. So you have to walk through and check all the tracks. Yeah. And no one wants to do it because everyone swears that when they get to her area right where she died, they either feel a presence. They feel like someone is watching them. They'll feel cold spots. And a few of them have said that they heard a woman's voice. So everyone says that Dolly is still in the Matterhorn, whether she's there to warn people or if she's just stuck there. It's still there, there, that ride? Yes. And two people died on it. But two people died when it opened and they changed the seatbelts after she died. I just, I'm more like, you know, gosh, I feel like they change rides out more often than that. But 
I don't think they do. I think we Not think like they Universal. do. Universal. Yeah, no. Because you know, or Universal, Six Flags. Like you know, Jaws isn't there anymore, and I think King Kong is something else. Yeah, that's true. But no, she's still there, and um, where she died is affectionately known as Dolly's Dip. So it's like the little dip where she died, and she's apparently never left. Um, and this is where we switch over to the ah, tablet. So now we're diving into the haunted, haunted mansion, and that's for both of them. Mm-hmm. Both the one and Disneyland and in the one in Disney World have a claim to fame of being haunted, each for two different reasons. I don't know if you're going to talk about the issue of people dumping ashes. So I was going to bring that up, and that's in the first one. So okay, <laughs> it is an issue. However, according to Disney, it's not an issue. No one does it, according to Disney. Oh, but course. we do know that some people have dumped ashes. So according to the Haunted Mansion in California, so at Disneyland, um, a mother went and spread her son's ashes throughout the Haunted Mansion ride when she was riding it um, without getting the park's permission to do so. Of course. I read two different accounts that said she asked for permission and was denied. And then I read another account that said that she just did it anyways. They do have reports of people. It happens on Haunted Mansion and it happens on Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yep. I was going to say, I know about both of these Where things they will dump them the and then people, they'll have to shut their ride down and go to fish it out and find out if it's really human remains or if it's not. And according to Disney, every time they've done it, it's not it been human really. remains. Yeah. But according to legend... In uh, Disneyland, the little boy's mother spread his ashes in the Haunted Mansion without getting the park's permission. And ever since then, they hear the crying of a little boy all throughout that ride. But again, like for what it's worth. Huh? So that could just be in the sound effects. Of the little boy. But obviously, like a lot of people are like, we hear it when the ride is turned off. Blah, 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 blah. The really creepy one is the one in Florida. Um, And that's because I have a photo that goes along with it. Um, There's no reason for like maybe why there's any haunting in Florida. One girl did try to jump in between the doom. They call them doom buggies at Disney World. One girl was like trying to jump in between them to scare her friends because kids are fucking dumb. And that's what we learned last episode. That's how half of them die. (sighs) But she jumped and she just got injured. She didn't die. Um, but that's probably the most notable accident that happened at Disney World. Mm-hmm. However, uh, someone took a picture and posted it on Twitter s- claiming to see the ghost of a little boy peeking out, his head peeking out from the doom buggy ahead of him. And according to the user, not only was he not there when I took the picture, there wasn't a child of this age within 20 people in front of me in the line. And as you can see, he's only a few buggies in front of me. Apparently, when he took the picture, there was no flash and no visible light coming from himself. It was all infrared and invisible to the naked eye. And uh, here's the image, if it'll pop up. There we go. And I'm going to let you just uh, take a quick peekity peek peek at homeboy. Apparently peeking out at you from the doom buggy in front. Oh, yeah. I see that little kid. Yeah. So apparently that's a ghost and he caught that footage. There's also rumors that at the Disneyland, you know what? I could be mistaken. Disneyland or Disney World. One of them, the seance book in the... um, in the, what is it? It's the gypsy or fortune teller's room. Uh-huh. For the first few years, that seance book was an actual 
witch's spell book. And they said that when they had that, the cast members experienced a lot of a lot of things, you know, things moving, blah, 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 etc. Of course they did. Um, so that's the Haunted Haunted Mansion. Probably the biggest thing about the Haunted Mansion, though, is people try to go and spread ashes. And everyone is yes. like, nope. And so people think they hear ghosts there. So I knew about that and the thing with the Pirates of the Caribbean because I read an article about it where basically they were saying that people do that and – Besides, you shouldn't because it's, you know. Unsanitary. Unsanitary. You shouldn't because they sweep it and they're going to just go away. throw away those ashes. And the same thing with the water for Pirates of the Caribbean. All they're going to do is stop the ride, drain the water, clean it, and put new water in. So you're basically just throwing those ashes away when yep. you do that. They want to do it anyways. Right. But speaking of the Pirates of the Caribbean... There are two legends about the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Uh, the first one is going to happen at Disney World in Florida. And this is a legend that is really passed down through cast members. Like if you work on that ride, they are going to tell you the story about the ghost who haunts it named George. And George apparently died during construction of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Um, legend has it that he was working on the burning building section. They've got that scene. Yeah. And he fell off the ladder and that's how he died. Oh but apparently no matter what, you have to, as a cast member, if you're opening or if you're closing, you have to say good morning, George, or mm -hmm. good night, George. If one. you don't say that, the ride won't work right. Um, and apparently also as a rider, if you're going through the ride and you're like, Haha, fuck George, I don't believe in George. George isn't real. The ride will stop and it won't work anymore because you just insulted George. So whether it be superstition, like break a leg or don't say the Scottish plays name in a theater or whether it's real or not, most cast members adhere to the rule of saying good morning and good night to George so that the ride keeps going as it should. If you're not familiar with the Scottish play, because we're not actually in a theater We're not right in a theater, now. but I'm still really, I'm, I'm one of those it. people who's superstitious about yes, it. Yes, the Scottish play is Macbeth, and you're not supposed to say Macbeth in a theater unless you're saying it in the course of doing the show in the part where you're supposed to say it. Yes. But when you're actually talking about Macbeth in a theater, you're supposed to call it the Scottish play. You're or, not supposed to say Macbeth in a theater. Even if you're an audience member, it's bad luck to say, to say Macbeth in a theater. Yep. You say the Scottish play or you say Mackers or... I've never heard Mackers. You haven't heard Mackers? No. That's I've always just heard the Scottish play. Mackers. McBee. I've heard too. McBee. McBee. So. Macbeth. Macbeth also will. is... Yeah. Just don't say Macbeth. Macbeth is um, the first so, show I did here in Philly. In reality, though, George probably isn't a real entity. However, what is real is that in Disneyland, of course, California's first Pirates of the Caribbean ride, when they first made it, they did use real human bones in their decoration because it was cheaper than buying fake skeletons. 100% true. And that's also, if you know anything about the movie Poltergeist and how they made the movie Poltergeist, that final scene where she falls into the, po the pool in the backyard. Those were real it, skeletons. Those were real skeletons. I did know that. And it's because it was cheaper, cheaper. at the time to use a real real human yeah, skeleton as opposed to buying a fake plastic skeleton. What do you so want for done with your body when you die, just make, you can use my bones to be film props. Yeah, I would definitely, I want to be plastinated. Donate my bones to film. I absolutely want to be plastinated like in body worlds that exhibit. Yeah. I want to be plastinated in a certain pose. I want to be a tree. Oh, I like that. You want to be in like a pose, mm -hmm. like a, like a buddy Christ. I want to be buddy Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But it is like, 
honestly, I don't give a shit what happens to my body when I die. I'm going to probably donate it to whatever science Yeah, I'm like, take anything. some organs care. for anybody who might need them and then you put know me what? in a burlap sack and put a tree on top of me. I would love to be a part of a Disney World or Disneyland ride. Like, yeah, that sounds use awesome. Use my bones to decorate Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, does that mean that I can, like, go to Disney World for forever? Does that mean that that's where I'm stuck? Ooh, that your ghost is at Disney That sounds World. awesome. Like, that sounds like the dream. Yeah, that sounds Disney? Cool. Uh, Is that can you take something my you offer? Um, yep. So during the real version of, or during the first version at Disneyland, they used real human bones. They have now been switched over to fake ones. They're no longer real. Okay. So that's the story of both of the Pirates of the Caribbean rides. Also, as we talked in the last episode, keep your fucking hands in the boat at all times. At or you're going to sever times, a finger. You fuck. We had a child sever fingers and an adult severed fingers. So die. it does not discriminate against your age. Fucking dumbasses. All right. So uh, we have another one. And this one, there is a video accompanying it. And I'll let you make your own decision about the video. Um, But it is the story of what they dub Mr. One Way. And Mr. One Way um, haunts Space Mountain at Disneyland in California. Now, according to who you talk to, he haunts both Space Mountains. I have never been to Disneyland, but I've been to Disney World twice. Uh, and I didn't see him when I was at Disney World. However, according to everyone, Mr. One Way is a ginger. And I believe that only one ginger is allowed to be in a room at a time. So it makes sense that I wouldn't see him because I was already there. I was going to say, um, and you're allowed to use that word because only a ginger can only call another ginger ginger. ginger. Mm-hmm. So he's a ginger and a ginger is saying that. Um, so Mr. One Way is... Or another. Or another. <laughs> so Mr. One Way... Sort of like George, he's rumored to be someone who died while he was working on the ride to make the ride. But according to everyone now, he is a red-haired man with a red face who will jump into an unoccupied seat on the ride. But he gets in. So you get in from one side and then you exit from another side. He gets in from the the exit exit side side. and joins you on the ride. So you'll look over when the ride starts and you'll see a red-haired, red-faced man sitting next to you. And then after you get through the, um, I think they said it's either the first or the second dip then he's suddenly gone so he's with you for the first part of the ride and then he just disappears again so that's why he's called mr one way is because he's seen getting on but he's never seen getting off it's also probably why he's haunting is because he can never get off i know tina i know um, so that's Mr. One Way, and let me see if I've got his ghost video. I do. I've got it right here. So I'm going to let you take a look. It's a little not super clear, and I don't want you to go too far because the other ghost video I'm going to show you is right after this. Um, but you'll want to keep an eye on this side of the screen because that's the side where everyone gets on. Okay. And you'll see him apparently join a passenger on that. Oh, fuck you. Did you start at the beginning? I did. You oh no never mind it's good okay can you see it uh-huh. they'll show it again uh, it's really 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 faint uh, but you're apparently watching the shadow of Mr One Way uh, get on and join that guy uh, we'll show it one more time uh, we'll post these videos online but uh yeah that's Mr One Way apparently jumping in the seat with his buddy to ride Space Mountain which you know what I don't blame him Space Mountain is really fun. It's a fucking he trip. He just likes the first dip. He just like he doesn't want to, you know, finish the ride. He's just on there for that part. Okay, oh. pause. 
because this is a great video oh. and I want to save that. Oh. Okay, cool. So that's Mr. One Way. Here's my final ghost from Disneyland, uh, my Disney ghost. And this is an apparition that they caught on video. Some people rumor that it's Disney himself. People don't really know. What's interesting is that they capture this footage on the security cameras. And this figure is seen walking through multiple security cameras like footage so he starts in one security camera walks down gets out of the view of that camera into the view of the next camera and the next camera still sees it and what you're seeing guys is you're seeing a shadow person you're seeing a full-bodied apparition walking through the disneyland grounds and it's creepy and i saw this video years ago and then when i was doing my research i stumbled upon it again and i was like oh fuck i forgot about that that's crazy so here we go do you see it? Yeah. Just fucking walking. And he goes from one camera down to another. Like, that's the third camera it's passed through. It's like a little, almost like a little beam of light. But you can kind of make it, I don't know, like, I can kind of make out, like, legs, like a gate, you know? Yeah. Like a type of gate. It's moving fast, but it's like a type of gate of it, like, walking. And what's really abnormal about this is the fact that it was caught on multiple, multiple cameras cameras uh, at the same time that first video is a dude on the tower of terror ride and i think that that video is altered so i'm not talking about that one but that last one is apparently mr walt disney himself walking around the grounds that he built years ago still haunting Taking the place all in. now that's not all of the ghosts that are rumored to be at these oh, parks no, of course not. um if we remember we talked about the brothers who drowned after staying the night on tom sawyer island apparently people claim to see ghost bubbles in the river where he drowned um the kid who died after jumping onto the monorail thinking that he was going to break into the park apparently people see someone running down the monorail tracks at night and also, unfortunately, our homegirl who was squished in between the walls, who was really sad, uh, apparently for like the first 10 years after she died, before they completely remade that ride, people would hear her if they like stepped too far back, like into an unsafe area, they would hear her like a female voice telling them to move. So those are a few other tiny ones that I just didn't really include. Amongst a whole bunch of other ghost stories, and again, if you worked at Disney, Greg, um, or anyone else who's listening who worked at Disney and have a ghost story of your own to share, please do. These are just your main ghost stories of Disneyland and Disney World, and I would love to hear more. And uh, if you work at Disney and you can get free tickets to us, like I would love oh my God, that too. I really want to go back to Disney World real bad. I've never been to Disney as an adult. I I only went when I was in college, so I'm like I don't really know if that counts. The first time I went I was went my I was sophomore like kid, year, like a little kid. I was yeah. like four. Like I don't remember. I'd like to go as a grown up. Yeah, I went my sophomore year of college, and then I went right before my senior. So I went before I was 21, and then I went after I was 21. Yeah, but both times I've gone with my family, and I want to go like with my friends. Get fucked up. Yeah. Which also get fucked up on Disney. <laughs> yeah. And by that, I mean all the sugar. <laughs> Give me that sugar high. I want to be in the same I energy try level. The gray stuff. It's delicious. That's what they say. I they heard it also do. has cocaine in it. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, no? No. That might be a Disney But I also rumor. hear that they have the world's like best churros. Oh, they have the world's best everything. So go. if you got tickets for Disney, hit us up. If you got ghost stories about Disney, hit us up. Stephanie, you got a fetish five? 
I do. Um, now, I feel like it's something that I've maybe talked about, but I don't think I've ever talked about it for the Fetish Five. So today I'm going to be talking about financial domination. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Trying to tie it in to Dirty John and his, you know, conning for month months. I'm like, you mean the thing that I would never be in? Like, don't touch my money. Right, don't touch your money. It's also known as money slavery, which I've never heard like that. that. Right, I was like, I've never heard it called that before. It's a sexual fetish, in particular, a practice of dominance and submission, where a submissive, uh, I have usually re- heard them referred to as a pay pig. But they have uh, Money Slave, FinSub, PayPig, Human ATM, or Cash Piggy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Will give gifts and money to a financial dominant, uh, the Money Mistress, FinDom, Money Dom, Cash Master, or FinDom. Uh, the relation, because FinDom is spelled... Financial domination. Well, they have FinDom twice because there's Dom, D-O-M, and Dom, D-O-M-M-E, which is like a woman okay. dominant. All right. The relation may often be accompanied by other practices of BDSM and master-slave relationships like erotic humiliation, but there may be virtually no further intimacy between the individuals. The relationship between the slave and the dominant may take place solely via online communication, but it is not uncommon for the slave to accompany the dominant while shopping and paying with the submissive's money. Such a relationship between individuals may be similar to, yet clearly distinguishable from, relationships based on uh, TPE, which is total power exchange. In the latter, the submissive may grant all their money saved and earned to the dominant, in addition to many other aspects of their autonomy, and it's not uncommon for both partners to have an intimate relationship as well. Financial domination can also be distinguished from sugar baby relationships, mm-hmm. in which there's a sugar daddy or sugar mama, offers gifts and money to the baby in return for a relationship. Generally, with without any explicit elements of domination. In financial domination, the submissive has no expectation of of sexual contact in return for the money, and often there is no physical contact of any kind between the two parties. Financial domination is a paraphilia stemming from a devotion of financial slavery or to be dominated in a financial way. Many pro-doms and femdoms found this to be a natural extension for any professional dominatrix who is already being paid for fetish services and began to exploit it with clients who shared her fetish. Some dom clients were aroused as much by giving money to a dominant woman as they were by any fetishes that may have been coming to see her for. The dominatrix may also be aroused from being financially worshipped. Okay. Who doesn't like money? Right. But there's a lot of, like... You're so fucking, like, worthless, you piece of shit. Like, just give me your fucking money. (laughs) You should be so lucky that I would accept money from the likes of you. Oh, my gosh. I could be really really good at this. That's If you're into that, that's how I get you to submit to our Patreon. Submit to me by submitting to our Patreon, you filthy pay pig. Thanks for being a listener. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you'll (laughs) submit to our Patreon when we talk more about that on the 50th episode. Uh, My one woman show is still coming up. If you're interested, that's April 5th. It's called Bad Sex and Other Problematic Analogies. You can get tickets at badsex.bpt.me. Yeah, that's brown paper tickets. Yay. Yep. And yeah, if you like us, besides giving us money, which we hope you'll do when that's an option. 
If you'd like to help us out in other ways besides giving us your money, which we hope you'll do that too when that becomes an option, you can help us out immensely by reviewing us on iTunes, yes. reviewing us on Facebook, preferably five stars. Tell your friends, but review, review, review. Please. Tell your friends, tell your friends to review. And if you want a sticker, Philip, just don't you be screenshot like it. Yeah. And you send it to us, and then you get a sticker. It's that easy. Gilmarie, we're sending your sticker out too. Gilmarie. It's coming. It's cool. I can send it with her birthday stuff, too, actually. I have to send her birthday present tomorrow. Happy birthday. Her birthday just passed. Happy birthday. Thank you so much for listening. You can email us. That's deadtimestories, all one word, with a Z at gmail.com. And, of course, deadtimestories, all one word, on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 